up, everything? Well, Blue's Twitter fans everywhere will have to find new topics to argue about endlessly, as it's time to bid a fond farewell to longtime goalkeeper Jake Allen, who is traded to the Montreal Canadiens. The departure was expected by most and saved the Blues a lot of cap money, but are they really any closer to keeping Alex Petrangelo? We'll discuss ahead. We'll also take a look at some of your Twitter questions and give our thoughts on the remaining playoff series, and we don't have time to waste, so let's get started, and let's go Blues! <laughs> podcast it is wednesday september 2nd and jake allen it's no longer a st louis blue <gasps> gasp uh, <laughs> uh that's obviously the big st louis blues news of the day as we record we had to record on wednesday anyway and the gods the universe the armstrong of it all whatever you want to credit uh corresponding or uh, coincided uh coordinated i think is the word i was Lots looking for C's. to uh provide us with the perfect topic for the day um this is an interesting one to talk about i was texting you this earlier because it feels like we've all known this was coming for years literally at least since the end of last season mm-hmm. which is over a year now and yet, you know, I, f- I feel like I'm surprised that I haven't seen as much as I might have anticipated in terms of the, like, this is a crap return, how could we make this move, that sort of thing. I've seen a lot of general sort of, like, fond farewells to Alan, which is great. That's fantastic. He's mm-hmm. a longtime blue. That I totally understand that. But um, I've still seen some of the return complaints and a little bit of the why would we get rid of Alan complaints. Um and I think our, our history on this podcast is very clear in saying you cannot pay a backup goaltender $4.35 million. <laughs> That's the long and short of it. Um, and, you know, I've, I've heard people make the argument, too, that, like, well, um, lots of hockey teams pay their goalies in excess of um, – $8 million, and I looked it up today. The answer is no, Eight, uh, six do, six teams do. Now six, because seven did, and the <laughs> boys were one of them. So uh, as of this trade, six teams do that. Um, they are the Montreal Canadiens, who already had, by a hair, the most expensive goaltending tandem with Jess Lindgren and Price, and now have uh, the most expensive by $5 million almost with Lindgren and Allen, or uh, sorry, Price and Allen. 
The Florida Panthers uh, pay Bobrovsky and Body $10.85 million. New York Rangers, because of Lundquist, oh, their goal is $10.2 million. The uh, Boston Bruins pay Tuka Rass $7 million and Yarrow Halak $2.5 or something like that to back up. And they're at $9.75 total. The Islanders are probably the closest analogy to what we're doing here. Uh, with um, Varlamov making five, I think, and and uh, Grice making three point um, three or something, you know, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I guess, I guess I could click through and look it up. But I forget Varlamov's so there. Yeah, Varlamov is making five flat, and Grice is making three and a third. Oh, and Ilya Sorokin is on their books now, so he's the additional two. So really, they're just at eight, eight point three total. Um, and then, um, but they, you know, when Grice's contract officially ends, which he's not going to be back there if Sorokin's actually coming over, then they'll also be below this threshold. Um, and you've got uh, the Golden Knights, who are there only because, well, they're there because of, of Flurry, and you traded for Lanier too, but you got so much of his salary cut off that he's barely a factor. Now, there are five or six more teams at the $7 million mark, but that's um, the Sharks, who are critically overpaying Martin Jones, the Anaheim Ducks, who who have, in my opinion, one of the best goalies in the world in John Gibson, the Dallas Stars, who have an incredible tandem, but also Ben Bishop's making a healthy chunk, Um, the Washington Capitals who have Holtby and will be paying their goalies almost nothing next year if they're mm-hmm. smart. Um, and the Detroit Red Wings somehow, where Jimmy Howard must make too much money. Oh, and the Winnipeg Jets I skipped over with Hellebuck. So you look at those teams, probably about 11 or so in total that I just named there, and they're all teams that are either A, massively overpaying a goalie, or B, have a really top-tier goalie. And except for, arguably, like I said, the Islanders, and they're doing fine, but also they don't have star players that they're paying a lot of money. They have a lot of people they're paying too much money to. Um, you know, Anders Lee for $7 million, Brock Nelson for 6 could call in both of those into question, Everly for 5-5, five, five, Andrew Lab for 5-5, five, five, well, obviously. That's the worst disaster. one. Um, Cal Clutterbuck for 3.5 for some reason. Um, Fourth liner, Cal Clutterbuck, 2.5. I mean, you can ask a lot of questions about some of their contracts, Boychuk for 6, Luddy for 5.5, etc. But that's pretty much your only comparison. You cannot pay two guys $4.5 million to play unequal. And that's the other thing. It's like unequal roles. Mm -hmm. If it was a true tandem where they're both paying 41 games and they did it incredibly well... I may maybe see the argument, but they're not. One of them's a clear backup, and you can say what you will about this playoff, but you were always going to move forward with Bennington regardless. You can't let six games change your mind on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, all of that, I guess, is a way of justifying the deal, which may, makes me saying we're not going to try and justify the deal. <laughs> kind of ridiculous. But the return... Uh, just a third-round pick from the Washington Capitals, the pick they gave up for Ilya Kovalchuk, 
and a seventh round pick exchange, which I assume we're moving up, although I keep forgetting to actually check. Um, I have no idea. But I assume we're moving higher in the seventh round. It's a, it's a crappy return in a way because it's it's just not a big price. But you're in a flat cap world where you're paying a goalie $4.35 million. And listen, other teams know you're over a barrel with the Petrangela situation. And they're not trying to do Doug Armstrong any favors. I was like, yeah, you weren't going to get a lot for a guy that has one year left on his contract already. And then on top of it, it's like they know you have to trade him. Montreal didn't need Jake Allen. As much yeah. as they traded for Jake Allen, I highly doubt they needed Jake Allen. Well, and plus, you know, something I said really early is like there are a ton of goalies that could potentially be on the move this summer. Mm-hmm. Get your deal out of the way first because you're doing your deal for cap space, you know? Mm-hmm. You're not doing your deal for long-term implications. You're not doing your deal um, because you've got a better, younger goalie, really. I mean, technically, I guess you do in Bennington, but you're doing your deal for cap space. Mm-hmm. And I've heard people say, well, I don't really deserve the second-round pick, and maybe, sure, but you I take would the deal. Like you take the deal that's on the table. When you're trying to clear salary cap space, you don't haggle, because <laughs> if you haggle, you might be stuck with $4.35 million in salary cap space. And all of that is with no disrespect to Jake Allen, who... You know, we have criticized plenty, but who I never had any any personal issue with, or never questioned his his uh, work effort or any any of that. Um, but I think it's just a a pretty clear picture of the reality. What are your thoughts on this deal? Yeah, I mean, that's for cap space. You need the cap space. They had this was the easiest person to move, honestly. Like. I believe Bozak has, like, a partial no-trade. And we'll get to these guys. And Cena's, like, a full no-trade. So, and Allen didn't have any of that. It was really just his cap hit that was going to be the hard thing to move. It was very appetizing for another team to see have a goalie that, you know, as much as was criticized Allen, a goalie that can be a starter and is most certainly a serviceable backup, but to only have them for one year at that cap hit of whatever, 4.35, that's not bad at all, and so he's easy to move. He's easy for another team to look at and say, "Hey, we'll take that off your hands for a while." Maybe, maybe he does well in Montreal, or he, you know, earns himself another contract elsewhere. I can't imagine Montreal holds on to him, given what they have. But you know, and that's it's it's something that that's easy to move. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I've said it a number of times. So that was the first step. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. This was the very first step, the most logical step. And then they have to move on from here to clear more cap space if they want to sign Petrangelo. Um, that's what this is. But if we're going to talk about Allen a little bit or more about the player than the deal, you know, it is it is a little sad to see him go. That's an end of an era. He was drafted by the Blues in 2008. He was, what was he? He's 30 today. He's 30 in 26 days. He's almost a birthday buddy of mine. Uh, he was drafted in the second round, 34th overall in 2008. He played for the St. John's Fog Devils. Yeah. As an amateur team, which is, you should look up their logo. Scary. Um, and he's been here for forever. I mean, he started his playing career here in 2012, 2013. I remember when they called him up 
man, that's when Halak and Elliot were like both hurt. Mm-hmm. And he played that eight game string here. And there was like an amazing like eight game. I don't know if it was an eight game win streak, but he looked amazing for eight games. He made some bonkers save against like a, I forget who it was, somebody in Calgary. Could have, should have just been a goal, easy peasy, and he made a crazy stick save. And it was, he was always the goalie on the horizon. And it was fun to watch him, watch his career grow here and watch him grow here. And we got to see inconsistencies. We got to see some fun times like the, the Wild Series in 2017 when he just went ham, made like a bazillion saves to get us single-handedly uh, all by himself for the Blues to get to the second round. And then there was, you know, tough times where honestly it was just losing the starting job over and over again. I mean, we kind of saw it happen with Elliot and then with Hutton and then with uh, Bennington. And it just, it's one of those things where the, consistent thing about Jake Allen was that he was inconsistent and it it just made sense to trade him again for the cap space I don't think it's anything against him as a person I don't think they were fed up with him or something by no means if they were fed up with him they would have traded him you know two three seasons ago but it's just it needed to be done to make the numbers work and I don't think you were going to see him be resigned here maybe you were for less money you're still good <laughs> and you could still resign him after this year you know after this season's done you very well might come back because he's you know 30 is actually old for a player it's kind of old for a goalie too and i don't necessarily foresee him having a starting career somewhere maybe maybe on a team that's not that great might be rebuilding sort of thing but mm-hmm. i foresee him moving maybe more to a backup role kind of your there's so many of them, like your Berniers, you know, yeah. he's a backup, but now he's on Detroit, so now he's the starter, you know, sort of stuff. Um, and that'd be great for him, and I'm glad he was here for the Cup. I'm glad he was here for that run. He had a, he actually had a fairly good season this year, and mm-hmm. I wish him nothing but the best, but it is it is going to be kind of weird to look at the roster next season and see, wow, no Jake Allen. Did you see Billy Huso there? I'm like, huh, yeah, I mean, different. That's- he was drafted early in the second round in 2008. Like yeah. you said, he played for St. John's. They then relocated to Montreal. As a uh, junior team. That's yeah. like the Montreal junior team. And then uh, that team has also since relocated uh, to one of the hyphenated cities. Um, but uh, he was traded on to Drummondville in his final season, won the CHL Goalie of the Year. Went on to the AHL, got stuck there for a long time, but won the AHL goalie of the year in his final oh, yeah. season there with the Chicago Wolves. Um, that was 13-14. Then 14-15, he came up. He played that season. That was the Brodeur season. Uh, just weird all around. Man, we played um, like four goalies that mm-hmm. year. Yep. And, uh, well, he played, so he played like 15 games the season mm-hmm. before that when Halak was still here. And then the next year it was him and Elliot. Mm-hmm. Um and then Brodeur, too, because when Elliot went down, they were like, I don't know if we just want to make Jake the star, <laughs> you know. But, I mean, he's been here ever since. Which is <laughs> like, I'm so sorry, but that's kind of like the tagline for Jake Allen. Yeah. I don't know if we really want to make Jake the starter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. And uh, he's a guy that has been here, um, adapt- you know, he's been a fixture on this team or in this team's consciousness for a decade. Mm-hmm. Longer than... Tarasenko or Schwartz or I mean as long as, as Alexander long as Steen and yeah. as long as Steen and yeah I mean as long as anybody on this team really he's been part of our collective consciousness mm-hmm. especially for like super active fans 
like the type that probably listen to podcasts that are, you know, monitoring prospects and things like that. Um, he was our goalie of the future. And, you know, there's an argument that he never quite delivered on that and that he never really ever did take the reins and just, I'm the starter now, you know, that mm-hmm. was always kind of the one thing that eluded him, but he's finishing second um, in wins, second in shutouts by four, second in wins by three, I think, second in games played. Um, behind only Brent Johnson, weirdly, uh, <laughs> in playoff GAA and save percentage uh, for you know goalies that have played more than one or two games. Um, you know, there's a there's a big legacy for this guy in St. Louis, uh, and nobody. Nobody's eager to see him leave. I'm eager to leave behind some of the petty bickering about Jake Allen. We'll find something else to bicker about, I have no doubt. Bickering about Jake Allen is much like the sun, Stephen, in that the sun will eventually go away. But that will be billions of (laughs) years from now. Um, It's just... uh, It's a situation that I think we knew was inevitable, as I said, and here we are you know that was kind of my reaction because there have been those that have fought us on alan over the over the years of this podcast and and you know i guess those who would paint with a broad brush would put us in the alan hater camp such that it exists um but we're not by any means haters we're realists about some of his shakier seasons statistically he was fantastic this year he was pretty good parts of last year after we had stabilized, you know? He was otherworldly in that one playoff run. He's got all the athleticism. He's got all the potential. Now he gets a chance to go back to where it all started for him uh, in Montreal, which is very close to New Brunswick, which is home for him. Um uh, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia. Is New Brunswick on Nova Scotia? Am I making that up? I think, oh, I think those are two are different, provinces. different provinces. They have a Nova Scotia, a New Brunswick, a Newfoundland, and there's another one. Thanks, Canada. Yeah. You dicks. Um, but I believe he's from Nova Scotia. Um, I guess I could look that up. But anyway... Um, <laughs> He's from one of them, and it's very close to Quebec, whatever it is. He's from Fredericktown, New Brunswick. I was right in the first place. He gets to go home to that area. He gets to play behind the greatest goaltender in the world. Um, he, you know, he was talking on an interview I heard a clip from today about being an outdoorsman and how Price is an outdoorsman and how they'll have a connection there. And look, he, he gets to prove in a totally new environment something he'd never have a chance to prove here. Which, you know, whether it's fair or not, give people a chance to see what this guy is in some other system under some other circumstance than he's played his whole career in the most pivotal financial season of his life. You know, Mm -hmm. if he goes out, let's say Carey Price gets hurt next year, God forbid, and he plays 60 games, ends up, and, you know, it's... 35 and 25 and and takes them to the playoffs and you know as stellar he could get a really big contract for a starting goaltender job somewhere you know Mm -hmm. that everything is on the table for him and i don't think it ever was gonna be here uh and 
you know, I don't, I think for him, this is probably a positive move, uh, or at least a lateral move closer to home, which during all the COVID stuff, probably a big win for him Mm -hmm. to be closer to home for the team. It was just completely inevitable for the fight. You know, you're not, I've, I've heard people say there were other moves to make and it's like, no. <laughs> not to get that, to Petrangelo money. No, yeah, this, this is was, like the easiest there are, one. There are other moves to make. In fact, you will have to make mm-hmm. other moves. But this was the, this was like the centerpiece of the jigsaw puzzle. You know how you mm-hmm. start with the walls and then you build in. This was the walls. <laughs> this was the corner piece, and there's only four of those, and that's where you start. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, it's weird. But like you said, it's weird to see him gone. It's it's strange. It's it's exciting in a way, not because it's I want Jake Allen gone or anything, but just because, like we were talking about last week, something's happening, something's being done, new things are going mm-hmm. down, we're trying to shake things up. Not really shake things up, but we're trying to, to clear the space to make things happen. This reminds me after the 2016 run that the Blues had when they traded Elliott uh-huh. for the Kyra pick. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, well, now Jake Allen is the goalie. We don't have a backup for you, or, or you don't have, like, a crutch now. It's just you. Uh-huh. And so as much as I have faith in Jordan Bennington, it's kind of that same feeling of, like, okay, Allen's gone. So now I know we have Billy Hu, so you have a backup goalie. But I'm just like, all right, Bennington, it's all you now. <laughs> now it's just you. Yeah. There's no, there's no uh, you know, 1A, 1B until Huso shows that he's amazing or something. You know what I mean? It's like that's a legitimate backup and you're a legitimate starter. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And um, feels different. I think even if we don't go and re-sign Alex Petrangelo, which we'll talk about at length in a minute here, this is still exciting to me and it's still the right move because you, even if you don't get Petrangelo, we've talked about this a lot, then the team has to be different. Mm-hmm. The team has to be different then, like fundamentally different because your building block, your central cornerstone building piece is gone. Mm-hmm. So then you need the flexibility to do other stuff. So to me, pretty much whatever you had to do this season, you had to start with this obvious move. And look, a third round pick isn't exciting, but that's... Colton Pareko, isn't it? Wasn't mm-hmm. Pareko a third round pick? And, and I dare you to go back and look at other goalie trades too. Like goalies don't go for much. I mean, yeah. even the best goalies are very, are still kind of hot and cold. For a second. Yeah, yeah. And that was after five indescribably good statistical seasons. That was that right after the with Blues a like went to the contract. yeah Western Conference Finals. Yeah. So like. Some of that stuff is frustrating to me. Goalies almost always just go for picks. Yeah. No one ever just or 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 what is it? Did they actually trade them for each other? Was Talbot and uh, what's his face Smith like for each other? Yeah. Yeah. Or they just? Or no, I don't know. I think they were both free agents. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, but I just mean like I you rarely even see like goalies traded all that often, as far as I can think. I mean, I know we had Leonard and stuff like that, but during I guess I keep wanting to say during the season, but it's not the season. It is the season. It's the postseason. But some of us are in the post postseason, known as the off season. <laughs> and I don't know when goalie trades happen, but yeah, they they seem a lot more rare just because there's obviously not as many of them. You get a lot of free agent signings in the summer, but you don't really see goalie trades that often guys just go unsigned but it's it's interesting it'll be um i'm interested to see who so more he's played like what 
two half games for us. He's played in a Blues jersey. He's come in in relief before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know he was touted very highly when we drafted him and started out pretty good and then kind of got a little shaky as, as the years went on. And I still don't think that means much in terms of like his development necessarily. And it seems like they they believe in him enough to give him a one-way contract what, last year. And so mm-hmm. that's what he's on. And they think, all right, you can at least be a backup. And again, uh, for people that were freaking out and be like, we don't have a, a proven backup now because Allen's gone and we don't know anything about Huso. If Huso fails, there's like 10 other backups that we can pay $1.5 million to to just plug that hole. We're going to do exactly what we did with Brian Elliott. We're yeah. going to get a, a Chad Johnson. I was like, Chad Johnson, baby. Um, Come on back. Stanley Cup champion Curtis, Chad Johnson. Curtis McElhaney. He's somebody of that level. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring him in to compete with Huso. If Huso wins the job, then he's in. Then that guy's in the AHL if he mm-hmm. wants to be. Um, James Reimer. And, you know, the kind of... The long-term focus, not a prospect pyramid episode, but the long-term goalie focus has shifted to Joel Hofer, uh, who was sensational at the World Juniors last year and and basically single-handedly won Canada gold and stabilized them. And look, I don't know if Joel Hofer's the answer either. The Blues have never been good at having a long-term goalie (laughs) solution. Uh, That's why Jake Allen's six-season run of up and down hockey is good for second all time on most of this team's franchise leaderboards and that's not a shot at him but like this has always been one of the blues biggest problems is they've never found the solution there for a long time Mm -hmm. and i don't know that it's bennington either there are plenty of questions we talked about in the uh in the game in the post uh elimination episode that um we weren't sure about, you know, we were glad that Jordan Bennington was just on a one-year deal. Because maybe he walks. I don't know. Maybe, you know, freaking uh, Armstrong does something nutty and goes and gets Matt Murray and trades Jordan Bennington. I think it's highly unlikely. But that sort of thing could happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just... It's weird. It's, like I said, it's just still weird to me to talk about this trade as, like... It was for me. It was such a like. There was there was the hour of like anything happened. I'm so shocked and excited, mm-hmm. and then it was so much immediately into well, yeah, like like I knew this was gonna happen, and it happened. You know, it's like the sun rising in the morning. Like I don't think about that because yeah, if it didn't rise, I'd have been like what. <laughs> so, um, you know that that's the trade, the third round pick. It's probably nothing, but it's more than nothing steven it's a very deep draft yeah, the draft so deep is balls deep <laughs> which again i can't stress enough we have another podcast called two guys one cup <laughs> you can find that sort of content over there uh-huh absolutely um huso 750 next season uh, I think he makes more than that if he plays up top, but not dramatically. The Blues now have $6.3 million in cap space, and that's closer. <laughs> you know, I still think you need to buy out a Steen, trade a Schwartz, trade a Pareko, do two of those things, and you're golden. What, what do you think the um, next move is most likely going to be? I... 
I don't want to see a Steen buyout. Both because I I really don't want to do that to the player. Um, I don't want that to be how his Blues career ends. Mm -hmm. But also, I don't think it is actually that financially responsible. I think it's a short-term fix that that makes a kink for the season after that, and I'd rather just live with it. Mm -hmm. But that does seem to be the most straightforward option. Yeah, that seems to be the one that will take the most amount of, or the least amount of effort. Yeah, I mean, it's it's literally flipping, basically yeah. flipping a switch, you know. Um, but even that doesn't get you everywhere you need to go. So I think there's still going to be something we don't see coming. Uh, either maybe there's a big a big Armstrong move cooking, hmm. the one of the shockers, one of the Eric Johnson level, Ryan Miller level. Jay Bomeister type of things that we haven't had in a while, I guess since O'Reilly was the last one. Um, or there's a series of just intelligent small moves that he's going to make. Trades Tyler Bozak. Yeah, I mean, if he can End do that, story. great. That's fine. If I, I'm down with that. If we can unload his $5 million somewhere. Even if you give up, let's say, a third-round pick to do <laughs> it, you know? Always playing 5D chess. <laughs> six. It's 6D now. 6D. Um, what do you think about our, our salary cap situation now? You know, that $6 million, to me, you had to clear that, you know? Mm -hmm. Who's the player? Here's a, here's <laughs> a fun question. Yeah. In uh, the 2022-23 season, we have six players on contract. In the 2024-25 and 25-26 season, we have two players under contract who I assume are Shin and Falk. So who is the third player in the 2023-24 season who's under contract that then drops off? Is it... So who do we have? We have Falk and we have Shen that are long, long-term. Long -term. So he's the next longest guy. But if it's three, then it's... it can't be Tarasenko and O'Reilly because that would yeah, be two. Uh, 22, I can 23. I can figure this out. It's not Perron, it's not, not Bozak. What did he sign for? Three? Was it four? It's Marco Scandella. So, okay. So... How did you make your bed long-term with Marco Scandella, Justin Falk, and Braden Shen? Shen's all right, but here's like... the thing: we did overreact on the Vancouver episode, which we said we were going to do. We admitted wholly We've that admitted. that was what we're we back. Were, we're back to normal. There are questions about this team long term, and to me, that's a big part of the Petrangelo extension: is are you trying to do it now because you're going to be rebuilding in a couple years anyway, or are you just? Trying or are you trying something different, you know? The Scandella thing, I think, is it's what low breaks price, but it's like <sighs> But it kinda maybe that doesn't break me if I'm Petrangelo, but there's a lot of rumors swirling around about how he feels how he's felt or the parties around him have felt a little disrespected with the fact that like, hey, they brought in they brought in Falk extension. They brought in or they gave Brain Shen extension. They bring in Scandella extension. And it's like, yo, Doug, we're trying, you know, he probably, I'm assuming if the money works, he's obviously staying here. He has zero, he has nothing against St. Louis. He's totally staying here. It's only the money that's the problem. And Doug Armstrong extended all these guys before Petrangelo. I'm assuming 
as a way to just be like, yo, dog, I got to do business. And maybe to crunch them slightly, you know, to be like, hey, like, can't tie my, you can't literally tie my hands. I'm going to spend where I need to spend to keep this team afloat, whether or not you leave. Um, But I can kind of see where Petrangelo would take that as a little bit of a slight. And to me, I sit here and I think, okay, you extend Shen, makes sense. First line, second line, center, you know, great guy, yada, yada. You bring in Falk, you're kind of like, I think that makes sense from a business perspective. Who knows if I'm staying or not? And then you extend them and you're like, okay, are you not going to sign me? And then you bring in Scandella for the one extra year, you know, or for just this year. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, trade deadline. And then you extend him and you're like, what the fuck, man? Like, do you want to keep me or not? Like, yeah. what's so, yeah, I mean, that I, might be a little melodramatic. And I don't think he necessarily thinks that way, but he's probably like, can we hammer out a deal? And Doug Armstrong was like, I, these other guys are speaking up first, man. And I'm going to, I'm going to deal with them as, as people want to deal with me. And I applaud that from Doug Armstrong. That's the way he's dealing with it. I also think given who you're dealing with, your captain, number one overall defenseman, don't do that to him. Mm-hmm. Perhaps maybe this is a move you do against a uh, Braden Shen. A Braden Shen, <laughs> or yeah, I was like a Jaden Schwartz. Well, he's been a UFA this summer, too. Yes. Oh man. Yeah, that would have been the three years. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I just um, I question. I do get where this. you're coming from. I I kind of I usually hate the sort of like oh my feelings are hurt. You know, not to mock oh, the I don't necessarily like, think that's the right way for him to view yeah. it but i can see some but viewing it i do way. get it and you know that's that's the risk armstrong took by doing that stuff i still think both parties will blink i think both teams both halves of that um have a, a whole ton to lose by parting ways and very little to gain Petrangelo probably makes two or, you know, maybe one or two million more per season, but he loses the season of the deal. So that's mostly a wash. Mm-hmm. And he also loses his chance at having statues and retired numbers and um, being, you know, a centerpiece of the team for the rest of his life as much as a role as he wants to have sort of thing. You know, the team loses their chance to have a guy that leads a lot of their statistical categories and has his number retired and has a statue and is the face of your team for, for a decade and a half. Um, and the team, you know, doesn't know what they are if he leaves. So I don't, I don't see the incentive for either party to, to ultimately botch this. Uh, Petrangelo, as much as the, Mouth breathers want to say he's going to come home to Toronto. Home is here for him now. The dude's lived here for a decade and his wife is from here and he raises his triplets here and he's got another baby on their way that'll be born here. You know, St. Louis is freaking home for this dude. Um, As much as Toronto ever was, probably. So, yeah, the rumor's always going to be there with Toronto and guess what? Most of the time it's been wrong. Steven Stamkos, you'll notice, not a Toronto Maple Leaf. Mm -hmm. Uh... John Tavares is, and it killed him. I'm not convinced the Maple Leafs would sign Petrangelo right now if they could, you know, because mm-hmm. they have too many already committed long-term contracts. So, God. 
the weird the the weird thing to me is the idea though of, of Petrangelo playing on any other team. Like that, you know, you talked about how he was your line mate on the Devils. Like, mm-hmm. mm, nah, hard pass. <laughs> I don't. I the worst case scenario for me is him being a Maple Leaf, but at least let him do that and not just be a duck, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like, oh god. I even heard the other day. I think Elliot said something about like Vegas could be a fit, and I was like, mm, no, it couldn't. Not in my brain. <laughs> I'm, Vegas he, could fit only because they're such a Frankenstein already. Mm-hmm. Even still, they're like, oh, yeah, you've got Marc-Andre Fleury and Paul Stastny and Max Pacioretty and Ryan Reeves for some reason. And, you know, Marsha Show and Carlson and why not add Petrangelo? You have, but... you have like all the team, all these other teams' best players uh-huh. somehow even ones that you didn't yeah. get in the expansion right. draft and it's like why did you just get that whenever i say like the mark stone one i kind of get it yeah. from ottawa i'm like oh yeah why is he just there i'm like why is he just there uh-huh. that's like as the blues are like yeah we'll take i get it's not quite the same it's like yeah we'll just have patrick Kane on our team it's like for what like for nothing he's on our team now <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh okay we gave thank you, you. A prospect yeah yeah for sure yeah um, i don't i don't want him to go anywhere else if he does like you said i think the saving grace is that we can just go okay fuck it this team is bonkers new and it has to be yeah, treated that I mean, way i just hope my biggest hope with petrangelo this table we this new table we have very very slidey um but my biggest hope with petrangelo if he leaves is that we can all just be not be men in a, in a sexist sort of way but just sort of man up and accept that this is a different team. It's a mm-hmm. whole new project. The window is closed. Maybe not, but you don't know if it's open or mm-hmm. not. You can't pretend that, oh, we're definitely just as fine. It's um, crazy to me to think that the, you just minus Petrangelo and then you go, business as usual, uh, everyone, and you're like, what? This is another pet peeve of mine. I think I talked about it last week. Can we stop pretending Colton Pareko is a young stallion that, with limitless potential? The dude is 27 years old. He's a fully formed hockey player, and he's not a number one defenseman, really. We talked about that last mm. week. I know we did. But, like, he's never developed the, the offense that we thought he should have, and he still should have because of that shot. It's never been there. Uh, he's pretty shut down and was incredibly shut down with Jay Bowmeister. Mm-hmm. He is a complete luxury as a number two defenseman. Mm-hmm. As good as you can get. And he's probably not quite a number one on a, on a truly elite team. Mm-hmm. And some people do just fall into that 1B category. But stop pretending to me like he's going to suddenly climb into the Dowdy tier just any day now. Because mm-hmm. we know what he is now. He's been in the league five years, six years. He made his debut the same night as Colton, as Connor McDavid and Robbie Fabry. And Robbie Fabry's ass. But, um, that's just, that's just, a, that just bothers me because it's like, no, he's not, he's not the next Petrangelo. Petrangelo is the only Petrangelo. And the way you know that is because this team falls to freaking pieces anytime it's been without Alex Petrangelo for the last several years. That's what worries me is I'm like, I remember what we looked like when he's out injured and it's not great. And I'm like, and so you're telling me he's just going to be gone forever? But yeah. Like, uh-oh. Yeah, I mean, if, he, if he's gone, you need to go out and get more forwards. I really think. I think. Seriously, sign Petrangelo if you need some space. 
trade Pareko. Do it. I'm a. Do it. To me, I know. I know people hate that. Yeah. It makes so much sense to me. Well, I said it last podcast too. Justin Falk probably in a consistent two, you know, second line right side role all the time for a whole year. Probably looks totally fine. Probably like you miss Colton Preco for what he has, but like you don't miss him. Like you're missing a second line right D or a second pair right D. You have one. I want to see a Falk Perunovic pairing. It could be yikes in the defensive <laughs> it could end. Could be a disaster. It could be, but let's see it. They're both Minnesota Duluth guys. They're both Minnesota guys. They're both offensive defensemen. Let's. I'd love to see what that looks like. Um, and that's the thing to me is like if you trade Pareko now, and you get, you know, Nylander. Doesn't make sense because I really thought about it. Uh, As he said, it was like Neeland. He doesn't make sense because of the cap hit, unless you can offset that other places. Or make Dubas eat half. (laughs) Eat half of his cap hit for the rest of his contract. Do it, Kyle. You're too young. I'll give you a swirly. That's what what old Dougie says. (laughs) Um, But... If you get a young stud, you know, if you get a, um, I don't know, I saw somebody pretty, somebody say Nick Suzuki the other day, and that would be phenomenal. I don't know if that would be something the Canadians would entertain. But if you get a guy who's like on that Thomas Kairou tier, and you have those three plus like Perunovic as like your kind of young core, and then you still have your old core with Petrangelo and and O'Reilly and... Uh, you know, if Tarasenko's ever healthy again and Shen and, and Schwartz, um, I'm here to hear about that sort of thing. But I just, I can't, you can't, you can't let Petrangelo walk and expect to be anything resembling the same team. Maybe you are. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong and Pareko does take a step and Falk is good again and we're just pretty much fine. But I don't think so. And, uh, so that decision we'll know in a month, you know, it's five weeks. We'll know whether he's a, a blue or not. And if he's not fine, um, don't make me wait so long, you know, but to me, this move that we made today indicates that he probably is going to stay, you know, mm. <laughs> like, I mean, I, that to me is just like, I do like when they just talk about Brent, like they'll talk to Armstrong and he won't even acknowledge that weird shit. He has yeah. to like play, play dumb. Like this is really good in a flat cap area. You need cap space to maneuver in the summer. You know, uh-huh. it's good to have. And it's like, yeah, yeah, man. We know what maneuver you need to make. Yeah. yeah it's uh, it's strange, but it is what it is. I don't, I don't drink, I don't drink a uh, vodka for the alcohol content, Steven. It's for the taste. It's a great taste. And I don't know why you would ever think. I would drink that just to get fucking wasted. Yeah, who would do that? Who would do such a thing? And now let's talk about our new sponsor, New Amsterdam Vodka. I tell you that that Pink Whitney, try it with some, try it with some uh, tonic. A lot better, a lot better than just taking a shot of it. That's true. That's true. I just got a tweet. Uh, we have a tweet from Jeff Ponder of the. Uh, 
<laughs> why, did, why did my brain totally break? I wanted to say the STL Today podcast, the Let's Go Blues Radio, uh, because I was thinking of the word podcast, and that's not actually in their name, and that's how my brain short-circuited. But uh, Let's Go Blues Radio, Jeff Ponder, um, Kurt Price, and the gang over there, they said they're giving some love to Two Guys One Cup on the show right now. They don't know why they are. But they are, and I would just like to return that love in a in a filial circle of joy and wonder. Uh, no, those guys are great. You know, we've been on their show before. We need to have them on this show. They're probably time. roasting us. Probably. Yeah. We deserve that, too. We'll mm. get better. We promise. We deserve a swift kick uh, to the nuts. But those, those dudes have been doing it uh, for longer than us. They are awesome. We chat. A lot on Twitter and off Twitter. And they're the only other. That's not really off Twitter, <laughs> but on Twitter. They're the only blues. They're the only other blues podcast that we acknowledge. Yeah, and there's none others. The rest says. of you all can get fucked. Because <laughs> I see you out there. I see you, <laughs> random blues podcast number five, six, seven, this, eight, nine. Ian, Ian's thoughts are not reflective of the official yeah. positions of the no, show. No. But... Gary Bettman is not allowed on this podcast. <laughs> Is banned from the podcast. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I do. I really like those guys, and mm-hmm. I don't know what they're saying about us, but you know, return right, shot right back. Unless right it's back real mean and he's joking, in which case, don't. In which case, I take it all back. Um, you can tell we talked with them a lot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what do you want to do next? What do you want to talk about next? You want to talk about some of these questions? Oh boy. You want to talk about something hasn't something else happened in the hockey this week? Dale Talon did did noobs and oops. Dale Talon, undercover uh, racist. Yeah. Uh, uh, Probably. The, Allegedly. The Panthers are hiring some guy named Zito. Uh, Vice Principal Todd Reardon wait, got fired. Wait, are they actually hiring yeah. like someone as a GM? They did it already? Yeah. Columbus, not Bill Armstrong. We did it. Oh boy, thanks, Billy. We got him. (laughs) We got him. You can't leave. Don't you talk to Arizona, Bill? Don't do it. Don't freaking do it. Um. Oh yeah, Reardon's gone. I thought I heard that. Um. I can I can see his cocaine. Oh, Arizona got wrecked in that punishment. Oh yeah. Um. What's the punishment for, Stephen? For uh, scouting violations, essentially. Mm-hmm. Being places they're not supposed to be and doing things they're not supposed to do. Was this a John Chaka thing? Shouldn't of he course, be punished? that's why he pieced out. He said, oh no, they don't like that at all. I'm out. <laughs> Bye. My hands are clean. Uh, can't can't sue me if I'm not there. Legally, I'm pretty sure you can. Mm-hmm. But Peter, yeah, Peter Laviolette, that's the guy that's supposed to be getting the job in uh, Washington. I feel like his, like, the... The, uh, the fast track. Hey, he Why? won. He won a cup with uh with the Hurricanes in two thousand six. Stephen. Why are y'all so boring, man? They tried <sighs> Todd Reardon. It didn't work. You know who they need to go after? The one, the only, Mike. You. Oh <laughs> God, no. Um. You think maybe they'll try and get Barry Trotz from the Islanders? Heard Barry Trotz is a pretty good coach. Oh, wait, they didn't pay him too much money, so he left. Uh, Washington, you had a guy. You had your guy right there. 
How do you not do that? You win your first cup ever? And you don't pay your guy that did it for you? Oh, Jesus. I think that I think that got overlooked by, by probably no one but us. But what a terrible move. And now the Islanders are good. And now you're bad. <laughs> you're not bad. You're just mediocre. Um, Ain't no mediocre. Don't want so, no mediocre. Yeah. We don't need no mediocre. That's a T.I. song. Yeah, that's what the Caps are singing. That's in fact true. Shall we talk about some questions? I guess. Uh, Gloria, at Brad Carrico 1, tweets, Underrated, overrated, pasta shapes. And do you use a fork to make a pinna shovel? If you can't imagine what a pinna shovel looks like, I think Wyshynski might be able to illustrate the concept for you. And Greg Wyshynski himself liked this tweet. So we've got to, uh, we've got to respond to that. Oh, damn. Two degrees of separation from Greg Wyshynski. Greg that's what Brad Carrico gets us. Brad, if you can organize for him to be on the podcast yeah, that'd be next great. week, that'd be fantastic. Uh, pasta shapes. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure I have strong opinions because I think, I think all pasta is pasta. But I am a big fan of rotini. I do like rotini. I think rotini punches up your recipes a little more. Do you like to get the multicolored rotini? I mean, it's it's, it's the, the same, same thing. But it makes but you feel a little special. You're like, ooh, this is healthy. Um, I'm not a big fan of like, uh, um, like is it is rigat rigatoni the shape, the big thick ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's fine. It's still pasta. It'll still eat. Macar- <laughs> It'll still eat macaroni. <laughs> is macaroni? It's time. What about tagliatella? It's ribbon pasta. Is that like bow tie pasta? Or? No, no, no. No, no. But maybe. Because <laughs> I'm not seeing it on this list yet. Lasagna is flat. Is that is lasagna even a noodle? Like, no. it's just lasagna. Well, yeah, it is. The lasagna is like... No, I get it. I get it. But I'm just but like... Yeah. I'm, but you, you don't know. use it in anything else. Yeah, I use it in lasagna. Um... Yeah, my, my most underrated is rotini for sure. Uh, most overrated. That's a tough one. I'm I don't know that I can't. Spaghetti, to me, I like spaghetti fine, but I'm never like, freaking let's go get spaghetti right now, you know? So it might be spaghetti. Yeah, I could... I can see that, man. I don't like. What is this? I'm gonna pronounce this so wrong. What's like a? Is that a G? G N O C C. Is it Noshi? Yeah. So I wasn't. I'm good. I didn't say Ganoshi. <laughs> uh, what is that? Is that like a shell? Yeah, it's uh, it's a shell pasta, but I think it's also like, it's like it's it's similar to, um. It's similar to lasagna in that it's like a thing. You know, it's like uh, okay. yeah. variety of pastas consisting of various thick, small, and soft dough dumplings that may be made from semolina, ordinary wheat flour, egg, cheese, potatoes, breadcrumbs, cornmeal, or similar ingredients, and possibly including flavorings of herbs, vegetables, cocoa, or prunes. That mm. that list kept getting weirder. <laughs> I'll say I'm not a big fan of ravioli unless it is toasted. Oh, yeah. It's it's almost weird you to know, me now when someone's like, yeah, I eat ravioli and you're in some other city and you look at it and I'm like, the fuck is that? You didn't cook it. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'll say this about ravioli. Chef Boyardee, I'll eat it anytime. It's whatever. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But I don't like ravioli 
unless meat is in it. I don't like cheese stuffed Agreed. ravioli. Like, I'm not a cheese. I'm not. A I'm cheese not a big cheese thing. guy in general. Me neither. But like feta cheese to me, not my thing. And that kind of like creamy, like it's the texture of the Italian cheese that they put in ravioli that is just like not mm. for me. But yeah, toasted ravioli, obviously the bomb. Uh, we wouldn't be, we would be lose our St. Louis podcast <laughs> credentials if, uh, if. Uh, we said that, which is actually why we refuse to acknowledge any podcast other than LGB Radio, is because the rest of them all hate Toasted Ravioli. You heard it here first. Yeah. I dare any of them to challenge us. I dare any of them to challenge us. They're not listening. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tweet <laughs> us your me. hate. Tweet us your love for Toasted Ravioli. Do it. We don't you. have Jake Allen to fight over anymore, so let's fight over this. <laughs> we gotta do something. Um... So that's that question. <laughs> uh, Come at me. Uh, yeah, exactly. What's wrong with you people? Um, <laughs> uh, next question. I'm trying to find the thread. Here's the thread. That's not the thread. Uh, where's the thread? Where's the thread at? There it is. It's so tiny. It was such a short tweet. Garrett, our uh, my old friend Garrett Kochner, tweets, pick one to keep. You've never met Garrett, right? No, but I, you said my old friend. I thought you said mild. My, he's, my a, he's a mild friend. <laughs> Garrett and I uh, tweeted just or texted just today about the Jake Allen trade. I need to respond to his last text. She <laughs> <laughs> texted me and I've not responded. <laughs> I refused to speak. Um, Garrett uh, asked, "Pick one to keep." That's a that's a good question. That's I compelling. Know, this is good. Uh, Sammy Blay or Zach Sanford? Hmm. Two different flavors of the same, oh, the same soup. Yeah. It's... it's like tomato, Campbell's tomato soup or Storm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're just the same. And you, yeah, you'd, you'd say, well, I think I know which one's better. And you, you don't. You don't know. You really don't. Yeah. Sanford a year older. Mm-hmm. And by a year, I mean, I guess a whole year. Because his is born in November and Sammy is born in June. I One's less French. I lean towards Sanford. But I'm not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Sanford's eyes have been higher. Do you think that's like Armstrong's thing too? He's like, if I gotta keep on, I lean towards Sanford. Like, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It was either Zach Sanford or Sammy Blay, and I guess it was Zach, Zach Sanford. Sanford. Just flipped a coin. Uh, I That's why I was going to agree. I was going to say, I think Zach Sanford, because I feel like I hear all the time about how Sammy Blay looks, oh man, in practice, Sammy Blay, magnifique. Like, uh, wow, that dude's going, that dude's just going in practice. Holy cow. And then he's out there, and he doesn't look bad. He just looks like a player, he and sometimes game, and he throws his brain. At yeah, people. he hits people like nobody's business. Only Zach Sanford of the two, though, has scored four goals yes. in a losing effort. <laughs> oh, so sad. That's the thing I was going to say: was Sanford at least feels like he actually has finished sometimes. Uh-huh. Maybe it's the fact that he had that fourth utterly meaningless goal against the Bruins. <laughs> but uh, it's just like, or yeah, it's four-goal game. And like, he had a heater for a month. I've never had a Sammy Blay heater. That doesn't exist. Well, Sammy Blay... The two games in round yeah. two. Of the- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fantastic. I love it, Sammy. 
that goal, the one goal he scored against Dallas in Game Six, amazing, great. Sammy Boy does have more Fortnite credentials, so we gotta gotta consider that for the youngsters entering season. I don't know four today, maybe I haven't played since oh, the first Jesus, season. No. Seasons no, don't exist in my version of Fortnite. Uh, Zach Sanford, though, uh, I will say this against him. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> so bland. Here's the thing. Here's what's truly demonic about this question. I don't think he meant it demonically. I think it was a sincere question. He got very mild. I'm not calling Gary Kochner, my mild friend, a demon. But <laughs> but uh, both of these guys, the one word is inconsistency. Uh-huh. So how do you choose between two inconsistent people? I want the best parts of either of them. That's the thing. Like, Zach Sanford, not really a physical player, but has more finish. Sammy Blay, much more physical. Sometimes finishes. Yeah, yeah. On a good day. I think I'd take Zach Sanford because I think there's just more offensive upside. And mm-hmm. if you're going to say, well, I need the grit, it's like, well, not with him. Plus, you, you really got to make that Kevin Shattenkirk trade. I was going to say, you got to make Same, that work, baby. because... He's People become such pissed. a stud. So I see him on the ice. Uh, Isn't that man retired by like, ten years yeah, already so, in your brain? So weird. I'm like, dude, you don't play in the NHL anymore. You're from a bygone era. Uh, Jeff Ponder at Let's Go Blues Radio, the aforementioned ass. Get out of our DMs. Yeah, why come you? Why come you record at the same time as that other terrible voice? why come he's being cute he's being cute ian he's adorable he's cherubic one might even say if one knew what them yeah if one knew Uh, (laughs) jeff a fantastic guy here he's here he is here the whole the whole crew is in front of the coco poster at a local movie theater back when you were allowed to go to places and do things in groups um Follow at jponder94, folks. And why did we record it this time? Because my kooky but lovable cousin is coming into town tomorrow, and Ian's doing something. <laughs> I refuse to ask what it Becoming is. Becoming older. <laughs> well, you can't stop that process, Ian. You're 30 now, and it's just an inevitable I'll, march. I'll be 29 next year. You'll <laughs> see. You'll all see. <laughs> Really gonna Benjamin button this shit up real quick. Woo! Llama Pin NHL at Llama Pin L L A M N L L A M A P E N NHL. If the Blues fail to sign Petrangelo, do you see the Blues going after another big fish in free agency or making a trade for one of the big names supposedly available? Includes names like Krug, Hall, Goudreau, or Line A. Um, not Line A. I think I think we've all got our own inconsistent European score. <laughs> Thank you very I much. Think that'd be, I think uh, that'd be fun. It'd be, like, it'd be wacky. It. We got rid of one. We're what bringing in we another got? one. What a weird thing that'd be. Hey, um, everyone. And, and then Robert and Thomas and Patrick Laine are the new Hall and Oates. Yeah, I want Patrick Laine here just because when everyone goes, wasn't Vladimir Tarasenko play here? And they're like, mm, I don't think so. I think it's <laughs> I always recall, been Patrick Laine. I never recall that. Um... For some reason, I've always had this weird inclination that, like, somehow Johnny Gridrow fits on this team, and I don't know right? why. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if fits is even the word, but I'm just <laughs> kind of like, that would be the weird, like, mid-level exciting move that John, that uh, uh, Armstrong makes, you know? Hull, you know, we've tried in the past. We tried at the deadline. 
Thanks uh, for nothing, Shaddy. Yeah. Uh, we tried at, uh, at the, this trade deadline. Or not at the deadline, but when he was moving. Mm. I wouldn't be shocked, but I don't think... I don't think you're there. Uh, you know, part of me thinks if you don't, if you, if you don't resign Petrangelo, I'm not sure you then go ahead and move enough cap space to buy another guy at a free agency. You know. Yeah. No, you just get Tyson Berry. Oh, why? I'm just, I'm just looking at the names here. You're worried about Huso being your backup. Get, get Robin I Leonard. <laughs> want us to get Zdeno Chara. <laughs> Yeah, man. Shara Pareko for a year. Get crazy. Get me Tori Imagine Krug. his weird gangly ass in a blue uniform. Uh, what handedness is Tori Krug? Tori Krug is... Uh, it doesn't tell me. I'm going to say right. Left. Fuck. That would have been, been the better... The better guess, the more Tory probable Krug guess. Tori Krug coast to coast to deliver Bruins overtime winner. Back to Tori. The Blues, which goalie's in net, you think? There he goes. And a fade to the outside, because that's what Masha the Pasta. That's the wild. Knock is, but you're too wide. Here comes Alex, my ass. Uh, Should we get Mike Hoffman, Evgeny Dadanov? Ooh, Mike Hoffman. The only, the only barrier to that was Alex Petrangelo. He's, he's gone in this. You like creep on in. Uh, I do think we do. I do think we do something if I don't Tyler think Tupoli. we can. Mikel Grandland. So many of these names are just like, ah, oh, fine. I, I know, guess. right? They're such like uh, Zuccarello moves. TJ like, Brody. No, not the TJ I was hoping you'd say. Um, but uh, to answer his question more generally, I do feel like if Petrangelo walks, we got to make a splash this summer. I don't think we can say, let him walk and just come back with the team minus him and Allen and say, here's your team That's now. what I mean. That just don't work. Um, so I do think we do something. I don't. I think it's probably off the board, not something we're hearing or thinking about. Uh, but I do think something happens. Yeah, if he walks. I agree with you about the off the board. I don't see any. I don't see anything currently where I'm like, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If Petrangelo's gone, like not a lot of it does. So it makes me think either he doesn't do anything, bad move, uh-huh. or he decides to do something wackadoo. Which, who knows what that could be, but it's probably a better move than doing nothing yeah. or signing fucking Tyson Berry for no damn reason. Plus, if he's going to do the long con and try and get both uh, Brady Kachuk and Matthew Kachuk here to be on Robert Thomas' line. Please let this be this real long-ass yeah. con right before he fucking retires. They're both here, bitches. I'm out. <laughs> you get, but you accelerate the long con by getting one of them this summer as a shocker. I feel like you could talk. Uh, Pierre Dorian's dumbass into giving you Brady Kachuk for Colton Pareko. I think you can do that. I yeah. think you can massage that into a thing. You got to talk to Keith about and it. Then, you got to talk to Chantel about it. Thing. Matthew is a crazy son of a bitch. He'll sign an offer sheet. He'll, He'll do, do whatever. whatever. There's no crazy. rules for. You don't wear the mask <laughs> over his nose. Oh, no. Baby. Oh no, baby. He watches disapprovingly from the pest box. He's dying to get out of there. Dying. He'll force a trade. He'll be the most unpopular man in Alberta. That half of Alberta, and the other half will be the most popular man. <laughs> but he'll be a St. Louis Blue. Um, oh, now you've, now you've raised my hopes too Now high. I've ruined reality yeah, for now you. it's like, oh shit. <laughs> we don't have either of them. This team blows. Uh, our friend at Ray Barilli's Blue Gloves at KMW504. Sorry, Ray Barilli's Blue Gloves is his name. KMW504, his handle. Uh, 
How deep is this draft? Is it deep or like real deep? Uh, again, we would refer you to our other podcast, yeah. Two Guys Now, <laughs> Two Guys One Cup, uh, and I would refer you to the episode specifically titled "How Deep Is Too <laughs> Too Deep Enough." And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that would be my recommendation there if you want to talk about depths of various. Uh, that's in the easy reading section um and he adds honestly now that we have a true number one goalie assuming that we have a normal season with no injuries how many games will huso really play my guess is less than 20 i I think it'll be more than that if he gets the job only because i expect next season to be kind of compressed Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know exactly what it'll look like, but I think there will, you know, if they do bubble shifts or whatever, I, don't, I think there will be a lot of, even if it's normal length season, I could see them doing a lot of games at a time or something like that, like five and eight days sort mm-hmm. of thing or something. So I can't see Bennington getting over 60. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's 25 minimum. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see 30 plus for sure. Um, Justin W., if you're Petro, do you see today's trade as a sacrifice to re-sign you? I mean, I do think... I I sure hope. I hope so, and I do think uh, that's at Justin03, by the way, for those that want to follow him. Good guy. Um, But I do think that is kind of the the reverse for uh, what you were saying earlier about the offendedness of Scandella and Falk is like, Okay, yes, maybe be offended, but we're also going to have to carve away from the team to re-sign you, which is maybe complimentary. I don't know, <laughs> you know, like, I hope he does. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I hope that he realizes that we're, that we, we that the uh, Blues and Armstrong are trying to, uh, to make room for him. And uh, like I said, hats off to Armstrong for basically being like, yo, dog, I can't. I can't just sit here all summer and wait for you, especially when it's going to be like 9.5. And it's like, no, dude. And it's like, 9.5. Like, no. And it's like, well, you can't sign anyone else till 9.5. It's like, well, fuck you, dude. I'm going to, I'm going to have to. And sometimes I do think that he's extended Falk and Scandella because he's just like, we're going to throw bodies at the problem. When Petro walks, we're going to be like, we got four subpar demon to fill that hole what do you feel st louis how you feeling i'm like oh no oh dougie you went the wrong way franklin jones at whale cardio asks can huso step up uh maybe <laughs> that's a fat man here's my pro- here's the thing with all this we really haven't talked about the huso element of it much he's got a you got to find out, right? You mm. got to know if he's a guy, if he's a guy, if he's the guy, or if he's nobody. Armstrong said he's he's very confident in him. Yeah, and look, we've talked about this guy for years. Belief. And this is about the age where Bennington and Allen both broke into the NHL. So Man, you got to find out. Yeah. So here we are. And, and this is how we find out. That's the other aspect of this deal that I don't think people are, are really as focused on. It's like we got to know. Um, he also asked who's next on the trade block already talked about. I think, you know, your, your four or five most likely options are Steen. I don't think you can trade him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bozak, I think you could trade him, but probably have to pay a little to get rid of him. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Shin and, or Schwartz and Pareko are the two guys you can definitely trade and get value for if you want to go that way. I mean, there are plenty of other guys you can trade and get value for, but those are the guys on close to expiring term, you know. Mm-hmm. Dunn, you can obviously trade and get value for, although limited, because he can sign an offer sheet too. And again, cap space you gain from that. Yeah. Not that great. Minimal. Well, you don't gain any technically. Oh, because he's off, yeah. Yeah, but you gain it by not having to sign him. Um, Jimmy Inman asks... Dunn, Sonny, or Bozak, or not or, Dunn, Sonny, Bozak, question mark? So I don't know yes. specifically what he's asking. Uh, those seem like kind of three different categories of questions, but let's talk about each. Vince Dunn, I would really prefer we re-sign, like strongly prefer we re-sign. Mm-hmm. I think our left side is in shambles without him. It's Scandella, Perunovic, and Mikola, maybe? Plus hey, Gunnarsson, Don't forget, Bortuzzo. Robert Bortuzzo is going to be deployed on any side. <laughs> He's equally He's ineffective on both. Um, <laughs> but I really think you keep Dunn. Uh, if you don't keep him, I hope you trade him for something nice. You know, make him, maybe you make him part of a package, part of a, part of a Johnson trade type package where you really shock the system. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe it's, um, you know, him and Pareko for Riley and, I don't know, Morgan Riley and Zach Hyman. I don't know. Now we're talking. Uh, Oscar Sundquist was kind of a, a missing link in the playoff series. Yeah. I think he'll be fine. He's obviously signed, so that's not mm. a question here. 2.75 for the next three um, years. But yeah, that's a fun... I mean, I think he's fine. I'm not worried about Oscar Sundquist. I don't think he's a superhero like he looks like at times. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's a bad player. At one point, it was like going to have like 20 goals. Yeah. That's what people were thinking. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Uh, and then he also asks Bozak, which is like... I, I don't know what he's asking specifically. If we can trade him, great. If we can get value for him, fantastic. Don't think we could get much. Um, is a modified no trade player submits a 10 team no trade list so you trade him to one of the other 21 teams ottawa it is why didn't you put ottawa down (laughs) don't don't fuck with dougie dougie will trade you before the list gets submitted he'll do it oh yeah you bet that list was turned in on time he's heard stories um you know bozak's one of those guys that i keep forever molly's a ton of fun um it was a good drug he take. had the story he wrote the article and we laughed i laughed and laughed and laughed and i want to win the stanley cup so damn bad print it there's your headline print it i thought that was the funniest thing in the world <laughs> and then he went and did it the next year i thought his dreams were a lie and he made them reality he shy labuff the hell out of that situation he just did it uh so i would love to keep him Forever, and if he wants to sign here for $2 million after this deal, I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if we can get rid of him as a $5 million season, uh, the center this season, it makes a lot of sense, obviously, to do so. Uh, and then the final comment, I heard the Blues are looking for a top six forward, Tony says, and Rhyme all responds with, I've heard the same. I don't know who their sources are. Maybe they're very reputable, but... Uh, I think it makes sense. Yeah, we... Wayne Simmons. <laughs> God, Ian, you are trying to depress me. Um, but no, I mean, I think even even before Petrangelo, 
yeah, or yeah, even yeah, before yeah. Tarasenko, rather, uh, you're looking at a top six that's what? Shin, Schwartz, Tarasenko, per, uh, O'Reilly, Perron, fill in the blank? Sanford, probably. Sanford? Mm, nope. Not my. I know, as much as uh, a, you, they're you a good line, I need something you else. You got a top five if now, you got all those guys healthy. You got to start thinking about who you're going to put in your top six with. <laughs> Tarasenko out for, you know, the two months that he's out for the season on top of he comes back and he's not the same or, you know, or something like that. You need to, we really do need to start thinking about like our top six because I feel like it's, it's generally okay, but it's aging and we don't have, we don't necessarily have the horses to fill in all of those holes. Yeah, it's okay, but it's not good. Yeah, um, I don't think anyone looks at our top six as like a, a top bit. 10 in the league. We talked about that a little bit on the playoff episode. And, you know, when we've got depth and they're all firing on all cylinders and it looks like we have eight or nine guys that are like 20 goal scorer caliber, Mm -hmm. we're fine. That's how we really succeed is when when we're blazing up and down the lineup. But right now, when we don't have that going... We do not have anybody other than Ryan O'Reilly who we can turn to to make stuff happen. Please help. Other than Ryan O'Reilly on this team, who do you think of as like, this is who I need on the ice, six on five, to get one goal? Tarasenko. Um, yeah, he's healthy, sure. Well, I mean, I'd be like, who's going to get it for me? I'd be like, well, I'm going to put out Schwartz and Chen and all them, but I'm like in Perron. But it's like, that? Well, that's what I mean. It's like, we don't really have guys that are like, Aside from Tarasenko and O'Reilly in clutch moments, you don't really have like guys that I consider like finishers. Like yeah. I think of Shen has some finish, and but I, he reminds me more of a Schwartz where they get some goals, but they muck and grind for everything. You know, I scoffed earlier, but Patrick Laine has finished. Yeah, see, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Bring him. I was gonna say home. Bring him here. Coming yeah, Coming the other H here. Uh, yeah. So again, I'm beating a dead horse at this point, but. Certainly, if Petrangelo leaves, you got to do something with that space in top six would be my biggest concern. Because if Petrangelo leaves, you're moving forward with Falk and Pareko for now. Mm-hmm. And you're letting the chips fall where they may. You have no other choice. You know, you're not going to go and get some. You might get a right-handed defenseman, but it's not going to be a top-tier guy. It's going to be somebody you can fill in behind them for cheap. Um and maybe you just roll the dice with Mitch Reinke and find out, you know. But if Petrangelo leaves, you've got that space. If he doesn't leave, though, I still would love you to try and do that. And that's part of the reason I'm like, go ahead and trade for Aiko or Schwartz, if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Schwartz, obviously, you need to bring something back. But, like, uh, I, that top six, to me, probably does need a little bit of a shakeup. And it definitely needs reinforcements. Um, so, you know. It's on Dougie now. This is it's all on, on you. Dougie. Look what you've done. <laughs> look what you've asked for. You look asked what, for this. Look what you've made of our team. Um, and now, now we wait. I guess I don't know. Do you have more you want to talk about? We've mm. gone for an hour and twelve minutes. Who wins Game Seven, Dallas oh, or Colorado? Colorado. I bet seven to nothing. <laughs> do you really? Do you think the Stars have a chance? Uh, I sure hope not. I really. I've said a lot today. I really hope that Colorado can pull it off because I 
Don't give me a I prefer them. Vegas final. Uh, Yawn. Yeah, give me, I need Vegas, Colorado. That seems oh, fun. And by the way, I know the Canucks got uppity and won game five, but it's a, it's a Golden Knights somebody final, you know? Yeah. So. What's on the other side here? Islanders are only up 3 2 to the Flyers now. Are they going to do it? Are they going to squeak through? I, I have a personal stake. We've discussed Scott yeah. Lawton and Sean Couturier on this podcast before. I had a weird feeling, and I'm usually like the doomsteriest of doomster fans. And in that scenario, you know, I had a lot of reason to be pessimistic. Not to mention, I actually just kind of like the Flyers. I always had a weird feeling that they might sneak out. And I still kind of do. I think they might pull it off. Scott Lawton scored an overtime game winner, baby. That's not, that's magic. That's your glory. Hell that's, has frozen That's your over. Patrick Maroon, baby. <laughs> That's your that's your hero right there. That's who you rally around. Chubby but effective, Scott Lawton. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Islanders all the way. I'm so sorry, but the Islanders will prevail. Um, Jerry Trotz will put that team on lockdown. It could be. It could be. Listen, definitely they've shown me a lot. They also got swept last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're a complete team by any stretch. Um, and then we have to say a fond farewell to Boston. Yeah. very fun go to hell <laughs> um yeah I, i'm broken up for yaroslav halak because i really like him mm-hmm. but i'm not broken up because i needed him to lose for the playoff pool <laughs> so sorry Yero. uh but that sucks that he's kind of you know he goes down and he's got to be in the middle of all the nonsense to grass kate and mm-hmm. oh that is a just a, a hive just a hive of scum um that whole city and its fan base. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Tampa, I, other than probably Dallas, I could see any team left winning the cup. Mm -hmm. And I guess Dallas could, I mean, if Dallas can beat Colorado, they can win the cup. I will say, I will give them that much credit. I don't think they're going to get past Colorado next game. Um, but, yeah, it is interesting. It feels wide open to me. I don't think I'd have a favorite. Um, I'd probably favor Tampa Bay on the East against either team. Um, doesn't matter to me as long as John Couture and, <laughs> and my boy Scott Lawton. Those boys. Uh, I will buy every Scott Lawton hockey card that's ever been made if he <laughs> if we get through this. They no longer print I need, these. I need three and then one of you can just stab Shane Goss's bear in the knee, and that then we're good. We're golden. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, really, I do think all the teams could go for it and, and make it and, and win this thing. Vegas. And it's been a, Vegas it, wins the cup. You know what? It's felt cup. more and more like a real cup. I got to I gotta give the NHL credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a silly situation. It's very weird. There's been a lot of drama on top of the bubble COVIDness of it all, but I'm not going to feel like the team that wins this is really an asterisk team. Mm-hmm. If the Islanders won it, I'll feel that a little bit. <laughs> the Islanders deserve something um, good. Yeah, they do, for sure. But uh, Scott Lawton, Consmith, I'm calling it. Um, oh my God. What if he did? <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. 20th overall pick in 2016, baby. He's got the juice. He's got the goods. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think it's a fun. It's been a fun playoff though. Yeah, 
Any thoughts? Anything else? Anything? Vegas wins the cup. That's it. Yeah, I could see that. Vegas lights where villains play spend the weekend. Uh, I can't play that now because if they win the cup, then I gotta save it for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they don't, then I'll never get to play it. Ever. It's a dilemma. Perhaps it's another Panic at the Disco song. Perhaps it's another Geico jingle. You don't know what's coming. You folks never know. Here's the thing. I don't either. It's a madman inside my head who's at the controls of this thing. I don't know his name even. But I think that's just you. I think this is you trying to get away from your own decisions. Oh boy. Uh, so before we, not you and me, the voices inside my head, sign off. Are we done here? We we're over. It's over. Okay. We're over. It. Love to the LGB radio folks. Mm-hmm. Or hate, not? Pure hatred to everybody <laughs> else. Just pure disgust. Unbridled hatred. Uh, and uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Maybe we do a maybe we do a, a theme next week. I don't know. We still got playoffs. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. But until then, good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.